Candlelight, fairy lights, stripes on the blinds. But oh. no sun coming in. The sun is not out right now. It's a little overcast, which is lovely. Lovely, lovely overcast, but it's still too warm out there, Diane. Okay, but... I'm just saying. Yeah, but I told you, it, it's sort of like... What'd you tell me? Bright you? sunlight is like it's loud, and yes. when it's overcast, it feels quiet. Yes, and nice. heat is like noise. Well, I guess it's only 63 degrees out there. Yeah, there you go. Wow. That's neat for everybody else, Diane. And we're sitting here, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, uh, wait a minute, have you, you uh, know. What I mean to say is, it's 9.07 a.m., Saturday, July the 22nd, 2023, I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane my dad's birthday today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Tom Davy. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The whole thing, all of the elements, all the pieces of the puzzle that is figuring out the whole thing because I got it, Diane. I have it. I have the answer. I see. Yeah. But I'm not telling you. Okay. Or you. You people, <laughs> gotta earn it. No, I don't. I don't know anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know dinky do about Dunkus. <laughs> but that's uh, kind of my my mo. That's kind of how I travel through the world. It's all a mystery. It's all just uh, you know, huh? <laughs> kind of thing. Over to you. It's been a okay. All right. It's been a curious and a. Uh, uh, enlivening and a, uh, I would say, taxing. Taxing, taxing and uh, stress-filled. Uh, stress-filled week here in uh, Lake Abundance. Uh, uh, luckily, uh, the ship has righted itself. We had an adventure with a couple of different phone companies this week as my mother's phone was suddenly disconnected for almost three days. and uh, It caused us to take evasive action. We had to... Uh, I had to call upon some inner resources and call yeah. somebody up, finally get a number that I can call and say, I ain't hanging up till this is fixed. So, you were the hero of the moment. Was I? Just for a secchi. I mean, it was, yeah. and it was, you know, ultimately it took 25 minutes, but I was ready for it to last all day. Well, but <laughs> the, the prior yeah, leg we, work yeah. took an uh, entire day on both of our parts. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I, I just feel like the way that things are are set up right now, it's almost impossible. You can for spend any... an entire day on online before you can even talk to someone. Yeah, because you know? everything has to be chatted first. And I was thinking, what about people who don't have computers? Yeah. Like I mean, my they, mom. They basically just said, ah, the 80-year-olds who had never learned to use computers, they're off the map anyway, so who cares, yeah. you know? That really showed to me that there's very little care for the elders right now. Right. So, but... So the, we, we younger elders had to jump into the jello and get kind of sticky. 
but that was okay. And it got fixed, and saw my ma yesterday, and it was good to hang out with her. And uh, I'm trying to get as much quality time with my mom as I can. But yeah. uh, not having her phone hooked up, that, that reduces the quality of everybody's time. Yeah, oh my gosh, it scared the heck out of us. Yeah. Although she apparently found it amusing. She, she found it funny. She thought it was kind of hilarious. I was telling her about how we'd spent the entire day Wednesday on the phone yesterday. She, she was... <laughs> I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> whatever, Ma. Yeah, ham and eggs. <laughs> probably likes it that we were working on her behalf well, of course of course it was nice but anyway everything turned out okay so now i'm just kind of yeah it's amazing how you can be so totally in panic and, and I know. I, fear I don't think i've had that much adrenaline running through my body for oh that my long God. in a long time me neither <laughs> and then all of a sudden everything is put to rights and you're just like oh everything's <laughs> Then I was just like in this weird kind of euphoric, emotion, overly emotional space for a couple of hours. It took me to get over it after it was, after we'd gotten the confirmation that it was going to be hooked back up that day. Oh my gosh! Anyway, and I the stayed, bureaucracies I, of life. I man. stayed up till midnight calling my mom's phone number and never came on. Oh, you did day. stay up yeah. till midnight to, to. I was. I went to bed about twelve. 12:20, and I called for the last time at 12:15, and it's. Yeah, there. they actually. Uh, I got the the uh, confirmation, and it was the it was 7:21, so they must have done it early. It no, it just said 7:21 was the date. Oh, so it was that. It was the. It next was the day. next day, not that day. So, yeah. but as long as it happened, we're happy. But, you know, it's so funny because all of these things, I think about that in life that, you know, it's not only juxtaposition between the, the awesome beauty and the terror that life offers. It's also the juxtaposition of the pure deadening bureaucracy, the things that you need to do, all the tasks you need to complete just to to survive, to stay alive, with what, what, you know, with entertainment, I guess, that that's the opposite side of it, but, um, yeah. but, I mean, the, the amount of drudgery that we go through just to live our lives is, is oftentimes very interesting to me, and I have, it was funny, because we were talking to your daughter, and she was saying that she has no patience <laughs> for, for not liking to do something, you know, and she said, I don't know what that is that I'm missing, resilience or something. I said, the the ability to tolerate the intolerable. <laughs> and I, I was saying, yeah, I've got a high ability to tolerate the intolerable, but I don't know whether that's a particularly <laughs> good trait. I mean, it's just a, a trait you seem to need to have in our society, but... Um, yeah. yeah, adventures in living. What are you going to do? But that was a huge part of our week, just dealing with that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I wrote anything this week. You know, because uh, yeah. you couldn't get into your head. You were too much into the yeah. action yeah. of what was happening. So maybe I can write something here over the weekend. I don't know. 
I don't know, Diane. I just don't. And we know. just learned about this right before the poetry break, right? right? Yeah. Or no, it was just was it before or after? I think, I think it, was it was before. before. Yeah, yeah. It was right before. And I was thinking, man, that must have knocked you for a loop on yeah, the poetry like, break. Wait a and I have a thing to mention about the poetry. You have a thing to mention? Yeah. Oh, here we go. It'll be all right, folks. No. <laughs> it's okay, I, Bill. I have a thing to mention because uh, I, in addition to the Mary Oliver poet, poem that I sent you, right. I revisited a poem that you had read on the poetry break once, but it hadn't had the impact on me as it did now and that is the fourth sign of the zodiac by mary oliver which is about cancer i mean that's what the fourth sign of the zodiac is and it's so interesting because i remember reading that poem but it's so funny how how life will highlight something in an entirely different way it's almost like you see poetry in different kinds of light you know like you could see them in the light of the morning or the light of the afternoon or with a spotlight on them or whatever you know and uh because i had cancer um that poem really struck me in a different light mostly because of the way that that uh cancer enters your body so um so stealthily and you read the poem last week um, but my brother has been sending the song list that, that I've been compiling about my, um, sort of my cancer, <laughs> um, journey song list and has been sending it to a woman in his church who also has breast cancer, but at a much more advanced stage. She's got stage four. So it's a, a really dire situation for her. So I, I made the mistake in my mind of telling him, you might want to share this poem with her, you know. And the reason why I thought it was a mistake was because she wrote him back and thought that I was more advanced in my cancer because I was sharing this poem with her. And she sent to me something about, you know, I, you should look at this site about acceptance and you know acceptance of death and stuff and and so I basically told Gary just tell her I'm in the early stages I'm I just love the poem and I loved I love Mary Oliver as a poet and so I was talking to Gary yesterday about it when we had our weekly phone call and and uh, I said I had no idea that she would be concerned about me when I had this thing but then I realized that a lot of times when you're reading poetry on the poetry break if you read a poem by even by somebody else but particularly if it's anything by you that everybody gets into a panic you know if there's a certain topic brought up that seems like there's pain involved or the possibility of death or whatever and so I was telling Gary I I'm just so used to thinking about both life and death, and I feel like that's what poets do, that the, if you're interested in poetry, you're interested in life and death. It's not just life. You're interested in life and death because death is a part of life. You know, it's, 
So if you're going to look deeply into anything, you're going to have the death. You're going to encounter those things. Yeah, yeah. it's the death is always the flip side of of that. So, um, so I said I I didn't I don't mean to. So when I'm sharing it, I'm just sharing something that I would have thought or did think was beautiful yeah. before, yeah. but then I feel like it has a certain the poem found you. <laughs> yeah, but it has a certain. Uh, relevant poignancy yeah. to it now yeah. and uh so kind of, i, we, I kind just, of, we kind of live in that world so we don't really account for those kinds of uh, the effects that it has on other people and i i know that that's true in the stuff that i write because i write some i write my darkest sides pardon me i'm gonna have another drink of coffee you know i've just taught myself to do that over the years so that i can you boy get it out on the page it's good coffee get it out of my body and some for some reason that kind of keeps it out of my life better if I if I can write it down. So yeah. I tend to write through all the worst parts of what I'm feeling just to get it out of me. Anyway. Well, and people who write they they're going to write about a large number of topics, right. but I just thought that was so fascinating that that she went to that extreme of thinking that I was trying to say something about me with it when actually I was just sharing something was was on the topic and beautiful that's on the topic and beautiful but but it kind of made me feel like oh man you really do have to be careful (laughs) sharing with people you don't know in a sense poetry is volatile stuff and it explodes differently with each person who reads it yeah exactly but it also made me think about because this morning I was watching a, um, a little x-ray, uh, they call it x-ray uh, preview. It's not a preview exactly, but just kind of a talking with the actors and the storyteller of Good Omens Season 2. Now we were, we were just charmed by Good Omens season one and a lot of it was uh it was a great story and i definitely see why that book was so popular uh and i read the book after seeing the series i just thought it was wonderful and the season two um they aren't giving away anything about the plot but they had interviews with michael sheen and david tennant who are two of our favorite actors and um they were basically saying that that they love being these characters, that Aziraphale and Crowley, they just love these characters. And the characters are an angel and a demon who start working in cahoots with each other, basically. And they said that they basically felt like they couldn't exist without each other. And it made me think about that yin-yang kind of thing, that, that you're never when people are trying to say that something's all good, there is no all good any more than there's all bad. There's just always that little spot of something in the opposite side. And so um, I was thinking about that with life and death. You know, you can't have life without death. You can't have good without bad. It's just that that uh, interesting part of the way that life is that we do have the the polar opposites that exist with each other so anyway 
That's all I had to say about the poetry break. I see. Well, that's nice. And then you asked me to write down the fact that I said the, to Gary that um, if you're interested in poetry, you're interested in life and death. Yeah. Why did you have me write that down? I just thought it was uh, true. And I wanted to remember it. Yeah. It's an interesting life, Diane, full of little bumps and and, uh, moments of relative ecstasy. So there you go. That's pretty much the thing. That's That's the sum total of it, dude. Shall I share why I have this... The, the today's song or is yeah you can do that so yesterday I was looking on Facebook and um, and Holly Tuttle had posted um, something about REM and she said that uh, that her favorite song by REM was losing my religion and another person wrote their favorite song, I can't remember the, the person's favorite song, it wasn't one that was really familiar to me. And I wrote that Losing My Religion was my favorite song tied with You Are the Everything. And then I was thinking, man, You Are the Everything is perfect for this week for me because this week um, I decided that for my cancer journey that I wanted to incorporate a lot more philosophy into my daily mental diet than than just the the political sphere that has been kind of overtaking us all because so many threatening things are happening in the the world stage and it feels like and I always wonder does it always feel like way it's just like battering you know like uh just coming at you punch 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 and uh and you're trying to kind of keep aware but you're losing all sorts of stuff because you can't even hold it in your head and and then you spend too much time with it so i decided to um to learn a little bit more about the Tao. uh and alan watts had uh this book about the Tao that I had not read. It's called The Watercourse Way. And I'm grabbing it out here. It's, uh, I received it in the, in the mail, and it's just a beautiful book because even though it's just a paperback, it's got all this beautiful calligraphy by uh, a collaborator, Al Chung Leong Huang. And I just love reading about the Tao because it's, uh, and the reason why I wanted to read about the Tao is that idea of just flowing with something rather than fighting it. And we were talking about that, that you're just kind of allowing things to go along the way of the water, just flowing along rather than trying to do anything. But I haven't started the book. I read a little of the introduction and I just 
I kind of loved reading about it, about Ellen Watts' feelings about death. The preface of the book is by Al Chung Leung Huang, who was his collaborator, but also um, a good friend of his. And said, at the Alan Watts Memorial Celebration in the Palace of the Fine Arts in San Francisco, someone in the audience shouted to Jana Watts, what was it like to live with Alan? Her answer, never dull. He was a man full of fun and surprises. And the biggest surprise of all was on November 16th last year. During that last evening of his life, Alan Watts played with balloons. He described the weightless floating sensation as being like a spirit leaving my body. In that night, he went on to the new journey of the spirit, riding the wind, laughing joyously. He left behind us, the living, missing him terribly for his bravura human aliveness. He also left empty pages, a proposed two more chapters of fun and surprises of the book he had begun on the Tao. And that's this book. So this is the last book that he wrote. And uh, I just, the thing I love about Alan Watts is that he provides the, the philosophies, but he has so much humor. You know, that, that to me is a part of life. Seeing the silly and the, the weirdness of it all. And and seeing it and laughing, not just being in the state of misery. And he had even, in this book, had been uh, thinking that that it was something like laughter, that the whole Tao experience was like laughter, because he said, this, uh, this collaborator said, during our last seminar at Esalen together at the finish of an afternoon session when the high-flying spirit had set everyone smiling, dancing, and rolling up and down the grassy slopes. Alan and I started to work, walk back to the lodge, feeling exuberant, arms around each other, hands sliding along one another's spine. Alan turned to me and started to speak, ready to impress me with his usual eloquence about our successful week together. I noticed a sudden breakthrough in his expression. A look of lightness and a glow appeared all around him. Ellen had discovered a different way to tell me of his feelings. Yeah, ha, ho, ha, 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 la cha om, ha, dig, dig, te, te. He just started uttering these, these, uh, these phrases. We gibbered and danced all the way up the hill. Everyone around understood what we were saying. Ellen knew too, that he had never, not in all of his books, said it better than that. And I just, I love the fact that he would laugh and have humor and that, because so much of philosophy and religion is so deadly serious and why does it have to be that way? So anyway, I started wanting more of a diet of philosophy and I had also, before I got this book, had started, uh, the Wisdom of Insecurity, which is a book that I had in the shelf by him. Oh, that's his. Hmm. Yeah, the, he had written that one as well. And um, it's really a fascinating uh, book because he was uh, he wrote that it was an age of anxiety. 
when he was writing, which was a long time ago. And he was talking about all the things that were going on during that time. Cold War and things like that? Cold War, fear of nuclear... Annihilation. Annihilation. Um, I was just going to see. It's called The Wisdom of Insecurity, A Message for an Age of Anxiety. And it was published in 1951. 51. So it's so amazing to read just the very beginning of it and realize that he was <laughs> he was expressing pretty much the the temperament of our own age you know um i think that we are no different than some of these other years it just feels different because it's our turn at the bat you yeah, know yeah. but anyway so that's what i've been doing this week and that's and good. Uh, that's good i've been watching the women's world cup that just started too. So that's that's the deep intellectual work that I've been doing this week. <laughs> well, it's just that I, I find entertainment in these things. I you do know? too. So yeah. in any event, the writing to Holly that about the You Are the Everything made me feel like that's the perfect song for this week because I mean, even the very start of the song saying, um, I am so, I'm so afraid for this world. I'm so afraid for me. Um, I'm not as fearful about uh, what I'm going to go through as I could be, I guess. But I'm still fearful. I had a dream last night that was a pretty crazy dream about um, being in the hospital. And, and my, it was like my, my mind was trying to prep the whole experience, but in the most weird ways. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of humor in that too. In fact, when I was talking to you about, it, I was laughing through most of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but lots of weird things going through my mind, even though if it's subconsciously is basically what I want to say. But, but to realize that this is such an interesting place we're in you know that we have all these things happen to us and and they're part of our story this particular you know we've got the the world stage of our story we've got the the smaller stage of our own lives and um what we make of it is all it's about and i love i love the song you are the everything for that purpose Sometimes I feel like I can't even sing I'm very scared for this world I'm very scared for me This is your memory Here's a scene You're in the backseat Laying down the windows Wrap around to the sound Of the travel and the engine All you hear is time Stand still and travel. You feel such peace and absolute 
stillness still that doesn't end but slowly drifts into sleep. The stars are the greatest thing you've ever seen, and they're there for you, for you. Everything is beautiful. She is so beautiful. She is so young and old. Look at her, and I see the beauty of the light of music. The voices talking somewhere in the house late spring, and you're drifting off to sleep with your teeth in your mouth. You are here with me. You are here with me. You have been here, and you are everything. Sometimes I feel like I can't even see. Very scared for this world. I'm very scared for me. This Arabian memory. Here's a scene. You're in the backseat, laying down the windows, wrap around to the sound of the travel and the engine. All you hear is time stand still in travel. Such peace and absolute stillness, still that doesn't end, but slowly drifts into sleep. The greatest thing you've ever seen. There.